Welcome to the Steel Men Podcast, where we take a 15-minute look at a news story and try to have an honest conversation about it. We're the Steel Men. My name is Will, and with me is Jay. Say hi, Jay. Hey, everybody. Hey, Jay. Did you know three years ago, as I held my four-year-old son in my arms for the last time, a tear rolling down his cheek, his breath so faint, yet heavier than a chaplain's knock while standing on the front door of an unrealized widow, he looked up at me with an unexpected intensity and said, with his last dying breath, Papa, it is my wish... My last earthly need that should you ever decide to start a podcast with an old high school buddy, you must receive 60% of the ad revenue. <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> I, I don't see uh, how you come up uh, with this stuff. I mean, uh, this is another one. I just I don't even know how to respond to what you just said. Today, we're going to discuss two examples of people who have used somebody's death to argue a point. Recently on Twitter, there was a guy, his name's Lawrence Fox, a British actor, a British liberal. I don't know how that translates to American uh, politics. He seems kind of conservative in some parts and I guess American liberal and others. Cool fact, he was formerly married to Billy Piper of Doctor Who fame. Anyways, he wrote, he tweeted that uh, just had a large group over to lunch. We hugged and ate and talked and put the world to rights. It was lovely. You'll never take this away from people. Stay out. Protect your rights. If NHS can't cope, then NHS isn't fit for the purpose. Compliance is violence. So that prompted an NHS nurse to tweet a picture of herself, kind of solemn in scrubs. And she said, just held a person's hands as they died alone without their family or loved ones by their side. Glad you enjoyed your meal. That's pretty nice comeback. Yeah. (laughs) It's not like he was talking to her, but yeah, good. Good comeback. Anyways, this also reminded me of an incident that happened in 2018. The NRA had tweeted out, Someone should tell self-important anti-gun doctors to stay in their lane. Half the articles of internal medicine are pushing for gun control. Most upsetting, however, the medical community seems to have consulted no one but themselves. Now, when they did this, a ton of doctors, well, a lot of doctors on Twitter at least, came out like, you know, protesting the NRA and kind of like, I hate to use this word, but clap backing. And uh, one of those things was uh, a guy, he wrote a 16 year old gunshot wound victim to the aorta at NRA. His mother is in the waiting room. Should you tell her he didn't make it? Didn't think so. I'm Boom. Sure <laughs> so I don't know. So yeah, you have these really, they're nobodies. They're doctors and nurses, of course, but like they're not famous or anything, but they're, they're standing on the graves. In these cases, still warm graves. The corpses are still warm, I'm assuming, because they were taking pictures of themselves in scrubs. The uh, doctor with the gunshot victim was covered in blood, of all things. And uh, they're trying to make a political point. And, you know, it'd be easy for us to do the whole podcast about how disgusting that kind of behavior is. But I thought that maybe we could steel man it and uh, try to defend them. I think if we really think about it, a lot of people from a bunch of different sides of the political spectrum commonly use dead people to make a point so let's try to argue for that say why it's morally right for you to do that and after we make that kind of foundational argument let's talk about these two instances again and whether it's appropriate for what they did what do you think this strikes me as to play off the nra thing this is like a gun battle between opposing forces on the internet they're just it almost seems like it really is mostly just a game to them to see how they can pwn each other with words or pictures or clever remarks. I wonder if any of these people are doing anything besides that to make the world a better place. Because it's just, I don't know, I get into this shit 
uh, with people on social media too. And when I do, and I look back at it, I think that was pointless. That didn't help my cause. That was just me being emotional and in the moment, right? And it, I mean, even doctors are sitting in their hospitals, apparently, with their phones, just ready to whip out uh, the Twitter and make a point based on whatever emotion is flying in their head in that moment. I mean, I, when I do that, I usually regret it. Let me ask you this. The, um, the guy who took a picture of himself with the kid's blood on his face, did that? Is it right that he's like disappeared? Yeah. I mean, I did some research before the podcast to see if he got sued or got in trouble. And he just immediately deleted his account as soon as the BuzzFeed article kind of published his remarks about it. When the BuzzFeed article was kind of celebrating it, like saying, oh, look at this doctor. He's sure showing the NRA. But as soon as it came out, he deleted his account. And I they there was some other follow up, I guess, investigations from other news sites. But the uh, University of California was not interested in uh, answering any of their questions. So I don't know. After that, there's really nothing else I can find. Mm. Well, I think he did the right thing by just deleting his account and he should never come back. Because <laughs> if he's prone to going that far, I mean, that's somebody's barely dried blood like on his face that just died, that he blasted out to the world. Who wouldn't think that's just disgusting and inappropriate and why the hell would you even think of doing that but hey that kid's dead right like he ain't gonna have a problem with it so if we're gonna if we're if i'm gonna try to steal man this i do have to i have to say when i saw that when you sent that to me it was it was like eye roll mouth drop oh my god that's sick and even the other one you know these people uh, the the girl that um, you know that you sent me that just showed her face. She had obviously had a mask on, working on somebody, and you could see the outline of her of her face, meaning she just walked out of that room where someone had died, and then referenced them to what I see is just silly online bickering that that helps no one except satiate the ego of the people trying to punch their opponent verbally in the face i really hope that the situation is that the people didn't like they're making it up like they didn't actually just hold the hand of somebody who died because at least i don't know in my mind that would make them a little less reprehensible <laughs> because it's not a, they didn't actually use the dead person to make a point yeah they're just kind <laughs> of like it's better uh, that they lied about it yeah well yeah i don't know i mean but look but either way if if people do that sort of thing and they get a bunch of likes and retweets and new followers, their incentive is to keep doing outrageous things like that. Let's talk about the argument, though, itself. Like, why was it? Let's pretend that they did this and they were right to do this. Why are they right to do this? Well, I think you would start with the recognition that there's a reason that these people died that was preventable. So if you're still manning that particular person, you're making that splash. You're like tweeting out a picture of your face covered in somebody's blood who just died because of unnecessary gun violence. The justification in doing it is to say, hey, yeah, this is disgusting, sure. But causing offense to people is not even any sort of big deal compared to the fact that people are being gunned down for no good reason. So yeah, saying that that you shouldn't do it because people will get viscerally upset by seeing a picture. Well, screw that. I mean, go be offended. 
I would rather try to make a difference and get people to see, holy shit, this is real, you know, this is real blood. These are real people with families and hopes and futures that are dying. Yeah, I agree that for this argument to make sense, you have to come at it from the point of view that there's a large portion of the population that either in these two examples don't believe COVID is that dangerous or don't doesn't think that gun violence is that big of a deal. And so you use these instances to say, no, it's real. Here's the death. I'm a medical professional. I see this every day. You don't. And I'm trying to bring this to your attention. And I understand the need to do that because I think we all do that in some form of another in politics. I mean, if you're anti-war, you're going to, in a sense, stand on the, the graves of dead soldiers to say, look, all these dead soldiers died for no reason. You know, we need to get, get out of Afghanistan or uh, Iraq. We can see it in the right wing circles when uh, somebody's killed by an illegal immigrant. People will say, hey, look, we need tighter immigration controls. This poor woman or man was killed because of an illegal immigrant. And this wouldn't have happened if we changed immigration policy. And of course, people in left wing and libertarian circles argue constantly for police reform. And, you know, this year we've seen a lot of examples of people being killed by the police and people using the death of somebody to try to make a political point. I think that's how the argument would go. But I, I think there is something fundamentally different about, you know, using the deaths of soldiers, using the death of people, like maybe all the cops, all other people killed by cops. That's different than just saying this, this kind of like anecdote of a doctor saying, I just got done with X patient who died because of Y. So you need to change your policy. So what do you think that difference is? Like, let's let's try to figure what that difference is. Or is there a difference? Maybe you think it is all the same. Well, isn't it partly the recency of the death? I mean, it's one thing if, uh, you know, I mean, look, we can talk about, go back to all the people that have been killed in the, you know, World War One and World War Two and all the genocides and Holocaust and everything. Uh, using those deaths to make arguments, you know, for or against types of government or, you know, what we should do to prevent that sort of thing from happening, that's totally good and okay. But why is it okay? Because the only harm you could potentially do is to upset maybe a family member. And if, you know, if you're going back in time, the further you go back in time, well, you're not, you're not offending any family members. I mean, I don't know, maybe there's an ancestor that's like, don't talk about my, you know, my dead murdered buddy in war or something. Because it, it would be a... It, what makes it not okay is if you're pissing off so many people and upsetting them and distressing them over it. Well, I do agree that the recency of the death does change the dynamics of the argument. Like, you know, somebody who died 40 years ago, you use that death to make a political point is different than somebody who is just freshly dead. Maybe who knows 10 minutes ago, judging by some of these doctors. But I also think there's a difference between, I guess, kind of like uh, the amount of, of death that occurs like if you're if you're say you're against communism and your big argument against communism is all the deaths that have incurred i mean you have lots of different examples to point to you have like there's just a lot of examples of it right whereas in these instances while you could say you, know, you could point to the numbers in covid and say hey look you know so many hundreds of thousands of people have died from covid already that's that's a legitimate argument to make to take it more seriously, but zeroing in on one specific person who had just died to make a point, there does some seem to be something fundamentally different about that. Okay. Well, let me ask you, uh, let me throw something at you. So 
does it make a difference if the argument you're making is a sound one? Because I get the sense so often that a lot of people are completely okay with this sort of thing if they agree with the point the person's making. I mean, if you're trying to own people, it's perfectly okay to do it. But if you're interested in kind of making sound, morally right arguments, then I don't think it's appropriate because the intent behind it is different now. Yeah. Like you're not so much caring to change a person's mind about something. You just want to try to shame them, which is kind of what the, in both of these instances, I guess is the core of the matter is the one doctor is trying to shame the NRA for its statement that doctors should stay in their lane. And the nurse is trying to shame that individual for having a party. And eating, which is even more bizarre about the situation is it would make more sense if the person who had died had attended to that guy's party. But it was just some random person in, in the world who had died that she used against this guy for having a party. Right. So so you are kind of saying if you're doing it in the right way, drawing a correct parallel between the dead person and the real reason that they died is it better that way? I mean, if you're making like um, the best point in the world, but you're you're using like a, a ten minute old corpse to do it, does that make a difference? Though, I guess it doesn't make a difference because if my, I, I, I think it does come down to what your intent is. I think in these two these two situations, I think the intent is the shame. I mean, yeah, the steel man for not doing this is recognizing that when you're emotional. That's not the best time to make a decision about how you want to advance a cause you believe in. It's, you know, it's nearly always better to let the emotion fade and just use the emotion to decide how to best fix the problem, not to use the emotion in the moment to make the biggest splash you can about it. But uh, uh, yeah, I just think the steel man for doing it is recognizing People don't do jack shit to help change things unless they're motivated by emotion. If you don't, uh, we've talked about this a few times before. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. But yeah, human tendency is to ignore anything that they can't see that doesn't make them feel angry or upset or afraid or whatever. So while it's icky to use people's emotions to manipulate them into doing things, it seems to be one of the only ways that humans can actually get each other to fix serious problems. I think that was pretty good. Any last thoughts? Uh, let me think. Oh, yeah. Well, we're out of time. 